Turn on the back of your card to Malachi. And I want you to notice there's a blue tassel that is attached to um, this card. And we're going to read. And then we've got a different translation in, uh, in your notes today. And we're going we're to talk today about Psalm 103. Now let me have your eyes. Watch this. You'll see these big boxes here. We're going to build a wall. That's going to illustrate the benefits that we have in knowing Christ Jesus and walking with him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, why does the writer say, don't forget his benefits? He writes that because he knows that we're going to forget his benefits. So the writer in Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, when you live a life of worship, when you live the life of praise, when you are continually honoring God and praising him with your lips, your heart is open and your eyes are open to the benefits that God has for you. When you worship, not just on Sunday morning, but when you live a life of worship, your eyes are opened to the benefits that you have as a believer. That would have been a good time to say amen. Your heart is open. Your eyes are open, so when you begin to bless the Lord, you begin to see the benefits that God has for you. There is a benefit package that is available for you, and you can tap into it. And the way you tap into that is by living a life of worship. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who saves me from sin and who delivers me from sickness. Now, I find it ironic that many Christians have faith that God can save their soul, but they don't have the same kind of measure of faith to believe that God can heal our diseases. I find that, compla- I, 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 I find that ironic. Think about it, how bad you and I were the kind of life that we lived, the mistakes and the sins that we lived in. God rescued you and he saved you. And if God can save you from the power of sin, he can heal you from the power of sickness. It's a one-two punch. You can't just have a jab. you got to have the hook. And the jab is he, he forgives our sins, and the hook is he heals our disease. Why is disease so impossible for you to believe that God can heal? Sin is just as powerful. Sin is just as devastating, and yet we can accept that God saves our sins, but when it comes to healing our diseases, we have all these excuses why, can't, why God can't heal our diseases. And Psalm 103 says, He forgives your sins. How many of you are here today and you have been forgiven of sin? Let me see your hand. Not halfway. I want your hand all the way up in the air. If God gives you, keep it up because there's a couple of you who don't have your hands up. So, Bruce, come up. We're going to have an altar call right now. Uh, just, Just kidding. If he can save your sin, he can heal your disease. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He saves our sins. And, he, forgi- and he, he, he forgives our sins, and he heals all our diseases. I am convinced that some of you are here today, and you have elevated cancer 
bigger than God. Your diabetes has become bigger than God. Your emphysema has become larger than the God we worship. You have elevated your sickness above the power of God. And I'm here to tell you today, if he can forgive your sin, he can heal your diseases. And that's the benefits that we have today as a believer. Can I get an amen? On your little card here, you're going to see Malachi chapter 4. But for you who fear my name. I hope there's people here today that fear the name of God. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his what? Say that together. Say it one more time. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. Oh, I like that. Malachi's last book in the Old Testament, the prophet declared that God is going to rise up with healing in his wings. Now, look in your notes, and we've put a different translation here today, but I want to talk about this translation because it's just, it's got a different spin on it, and I like it. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2 in your notes, but for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. Now, I don't like that quite as much, but I do like this translation. He will rise with healing in his rays, and I love this part, and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. I like that. Some of y'all haven't frolicked in a while. <laughs> oh, frolic. You remember the days you used to frolic? We're not frolicking anymore. You want to know why we're not frolicking? Because disease and sickness is consuming us. And we've placed a higher value on our disease and our sickness, and it has become a pet to some people. And you can't frolic, sir, because you have elevated your sickness higher than the God you worship. Been a long time since we frolicked. I don't know what image comes to your mind when you hear the word frolic. I've got a, I've got a few images. But we need to frolic a little bit more. And the, and the writer in, in, in Malachi says, God's going to rise up with healing in his wings and you're going to frolic like a calf that's been let out of the stall. That's what God wants to do to you today. That's what God wants to, to reveal to you. This is a benefit that is for you. And all you have to do is Tap into that and believe that God wants to heal your disease so that you can frolic a little bit more. Sir, your days of frolicking are not over. Ma'am, your days of frolicking are not over. Why? Because when God shows up, he's got healing in his wings. And you will rise up like a calf that's been let out of the stall. God's got healing in his wings. I want you to notice that on that little card that I gave you here today, there's a little blue tassel. Could it be that this little blue tassel has incredible visual power 
to you, to me, to the children of Israel, to the disciples and the people of Jerusalem and Israel. It's no mistake that this little tassel is attached to the card here that you were given today. That word there in Malachi, he will rise up with healing on his wings. That word there, wings, means tassel. A blue tassel. It's not a mistake today that the color is blue. Blue is a color of royalty. Blue is a color of priesthood. This color blue took sacrifice to make it happen. Happens to be that in early days that there was a a clam, there was a muscle, there was an animal that they would harvest and they would steam and there had to be a death, but out of that death came a beautiful royal blue that speaks of priesthood and royalty. See, your healing cost somebody something. The blue that you are going to reach out to required sacrifice and death so that you can frolic like a calf let out of the stall. This tassel brings an image of priesthood of royalty, sacrifice, healing. And when people in the old days of the children of Israel, this was symbolic of sacrifice and death so that they could be free. This blue tassel brought hope. This blue tassel had incredible meaning and when they saw this blue tassel, they were reminded of the sacrifice that had, that had to take place. They were reminded of the priesthood. They were reminded of the royalty. And they were reminded of the benefits that God gives us. That he not only saves our sins, but he heals our diseases. Look in your notes real quick. Are you still with me? Look in your notes just for a moment, and I want you to see that verse of Scripture in Numbers in the Old Testament. Speak to the Israelites and say to them, Numbers chapter 15, verse 38, throughout generations, circle that word, throughout generations, to come, you are to make a tassel on the corner of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at so that you will remember the commandments of the Lord and that you may obey them. And not prostitute yourself by chasing after the lust of your own hearts and your eyes. I want you to notice that the children of Israel were commanded to look to the blue tassel. And when they would see that tassel, it will remind them of the benefits that God gives them as believers. We're going to go to Luke chapter 8. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there real quickly. Go to Luke chapter 8 and we're going to talk real quickly about how to reach out in faith to believe for your miracle. Now, in just a few moments, we're going to pray for the sick. We're going to pray for those that are faced with disease and illness and sickness and and, and infirmity. We're going to believe God to heal people today. 
So how do you reach out in faith? And we're, we're going to go to a, a very a, a famous verse of Scripture in Luke chapter 8, verse 42. Watch this real quickly. There was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Everyone say 12. That's a long time. 12 years. You know, there's some of you here today, you've been faced with sickness more than 12 years. For some, there's been 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. She had battled this sickness for 12 years. The Bible says that she spent everything that she had on doctors to get well. Think about it. You think you've got it bad. She spent every penny to try to get well, and for 12 years, she was faced with sickness and disease. Watch this. The Bible says that Jesus was on his way. Jesus was moving. Jesus is always on the move. And if you are going to tap into the benefits that God has for you, sometimes you have to seize him and stop him and allow your faith to connect with him. Jesus was on his way. He was moving. And the Bible says that there was a great crowd that came in and it pressed on them. There was 1,000. There was 2,000. There could have been 10,000. The crowd was pressing in on Jesus. And as Jesus was walking through, suddenly Jesus stopped. Everyone say stop. See, your faith as you reach out to him will stop him. And Jesus looked at one of his disciples and said, I was walking through this crowd of people and someone just touched me. And one of the disciples says, what are you talking about someone touched you? There's 10,000 people here. Of course someone touched you. Jesus said, no, someone just touched the hem of my garment. And suddenly a woman who was trembling and fearful and afraid, she walked up and she confessed that she was the one, watch this, who touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, woman, your faith has made you well. Watch this. When that woman reached out to touch the hem of Christ's garment, she was touching the blue tassel. Because this tassel meant healing. This tassel communicated hope. This tassel communicated a benefit that was for her. And the Bible says she got on her hands and knees and she touched the hem, the tassel of his garment. You see, God's going to rise up with healing in his wings. And those people that touch him in faith and ask God to heal their bodies, they are going to be made well and they are going to be healed. And Jesus will say to you like he did to that woman, your faith has made you well. Are you all with me this morning? She was touching and reaching for the tassel. Because the tassel was the symbol of healing and sacrifice, a benefit that was hers. Now I'm going to give you quickly six principles that will help you as you reach out in faith, as you believe God to heal your body. Number one, if you want to believe that God's going to heal your body, here's the first point. Are you with me? Let me hear an amen. amen. You've got to be prepared for opposition. Everyone say opposition. You have got to be prepared that it's not going to be easy. 
there's going to be opposition. Well, what was the opposition? In this story, the opposition was the crowd. She had to fight through the crowd. She had to face the opposition and realize that it wasn't going to be simple. It wasn't going to be easy. It wasn't going to be handed to her on a silver platter. She had to fight through the opposition. I love this. You will face your greatest opposition when you are the closest to your biggest miracle. Let me say that again. You will face the greatest opposition when you are closest to your biggest miracle. Thomas Edison said this, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to victory when they gave up. If you're going to believe God to heal your body, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be a testing. There's going to be resistance. And this woman had to fight through the crowd. I like what John Maxwell said. He said this, you can easily determine the quality of a person by the amount of opposition it takes to discourage them. And what I love about this woman, watch this, she had been sick for 12 years, but she was not going to let Jesus pass her by. She was not going to let the crowd discourage her. And how many of us, I don't know about you, but when I see crowds, I get discouraged. I got a rule, and Tammy knows it, Austin knows it, my kids know it. Like, if I've got to wait to get into a restaurant for more than 15 minutes, that's too much opposition. I'm just not going to do it. No food is worth a three-hour wait. But this woman, when she saw the crowd, watch this, she was determined. I am not going to be defeated by the crowd. I'm sick. I'm going to touch that garment. There's a blue tassel that is waiting for me. There is a benefit that is mine, and I'm going to fight through the opposition to get to see Jesus. And I hope you're willing to fight the opposition. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number two. Well, you guys are clapping today. Hallelujah. This is good. Number two, if you want to see your miracle, you've got to be ready to fight. Be ready to fight. I like what George Whitfield says. Fight the good fight of faith and God will give you spiritual mercies. You know what? We've got to be willing to fight. Isn't your health worth fighting for? There is an enemy. We all know that. John 10.10. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And we as believers have got to fight the good fight of faith. And part of healing is fighting the fight of faith. It's not going to be easy. It is not going to be fun. There is going to be resistance, but you and I have got to fight the fight of faith. And this woman was a fighter. I love the tenacity of women. I think sometimes us guys, we're wussies. (laughs) Women know how to fight. The woman that was knocking on the judge's door, she was persistent. He got up in the middle of the night and said, this woman is not going to give up. I'm going to go down there and give her what she demands. Guys, it's time for you to step up a little bit. Some of you are letting your wives rule the roost. And it's time for men to stand up and fight the fight of faith and believe God to heal our bodies and to heal our families and to heal our marriages. We need men to fight like women.
I just stepped on a few toes, didn't I? <laughs> Women shouldn't be the only fighters. They should be following in our footsteps as men. Men, I implore you, I command you today to step up and start fighting a little bit. Quit relying on your wife to fight the spiritual battles. Step up and fight and believe God because when you stepped up to fight, then God will step up and fight with you. You don't have to do all the fighting. You just got to stand and make a decision. And when you stand, God stands. It's time for men to stand. But this woman was a fighter, and she was not going to let her miracle leave that day. She was a fighter. Number three, if you're still with me, let me, let me hear an amen. Number three, you got to be aware of your source. Be aware of your source. This woman said, I spent all my money, I've been to every doctor, and no one can heal me. But, she said, watch this, there's a tassel, there's a power, there's a benefit that's mine, and I know who my source is. Can I just remind you this morning something? Humana is not your source. Cigna is not your source. Blue Cross and Blue Shield is not your source. United Healthcare, this is my insurance, is not my source. Medicare and Medicaid is not my source. The government is not my source. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something right now. Everybody get a pen out real quick. Hopefully you got a pen. Hopefully you're taking notes. And under number three, point number three, you've got to recognize your source. I'm going to give you a second to get a pen out. I'm going to have you write something. Let me read you this quote there. This is really powerful. God is my source. Say that with me. God is my source. If God is the only thing you have, then you have everything you need. Now, I want you under point number three to write doctor and then a blank. And I want you to write your doctor's last name. All of them. That could be the problem here today. You got 24 hunking doctors, and my point is those doctors are not your source. So I want you to write your doctor down, and I want you to put his last name right there under point number three. My doctor happens to be Dr. Patel. Wonderful doctor. He's Austin's doctor. He's Aaron's doctor. Amanda's doctor. I love Dr. Patel. I highly recommend him. But guess what? Dr. Patel is not my source. Here's the problem, church. Some of you have more trust in your doctor than you do God. Whenever you get sick or whenever a symptom comes up, your answer is, I've got to go see Dr. Patel. And I'm telling you there's an unhealthy reliance on medicine and doctors. It's a shame That when you're faced with sickness and disease, your first response is to call your doctor. Your doctor, and I believe in medicine, I believe in doctors, I believe in technology, thank God, but they are not my source. 
Are you all with me today? God is the healer, and he wants to rise up with healing in his wings. And your dependency is on your doctor and on your medical provider and on Medicaid and Medicare. This woman had nothing. And when you have nothing and you've got God, you've got all you need. And that woman said, I'm not looking to my doctors anymore to supply my need. I'm not looking for my friends to supply my need. If I've got God, that's all I need. And I'm asking you to be respectful of your doctor. But quit putting your trust in your doctor because they are not your source. Are you all with me? Let me hear, hear, hear a big amen. amen. Number four, quickly. Bruce, come to the keyboard. we got to go. Here we go. I love this. If you want to reach out and receive your miracle and touch with the touch of faith, be bold and uncommon. Be bold and uncommon. Look at this beautiful photo on the PowerPoint behind me. I want you to notice that this woman was was bold And she had uncommon faith. You know what I like about her? She was on her knees. The dust, the dirt, fighting through the crowds. She was so determined to be uncommon that she fell to her knees and crawled. I don't know when's the last time you crawled. But like I find that like these days when I crawl, there's a lot of groaning and moaning and, and, and noises. When I get down, I oh, when I get up, I oh. Have y'all ever been there? She was on her knees. Watch this. She was doing something that most people were unwilling to do. Everybody else was pressing in, standing on their feet. She says, if I'm going to get my miracle, I've got to be bold and I've got to be uncommon. And she crawled on her knees. I don't know how long she crawled. I can tell you right now, my knees are already starting to hurt. My knees are already starting to ache a little bit. But I'm going to get to that tassel. I've been to doctors. I spent all the money I had. For 12 years, I've been, I've been dealing with this. I'm tired of being common. I'm tired of status quo. I'm tired of doing things the way I've been doing them. God's wanting to raise up men and women in this church that are bold and uncommon. It's about time to hit your knees. It's about time to do something you've never done before. It's about time to feel a little pain and crawl. And say, God, I'm looking for that tassel. I don't need much. All I need is just a blue tassel. God, give me a, give me a, give me a sign. Give me a, give me a tassel. Give me something to reach out to. I'm fighting through the dirt. I'm fighting through the sweat. I'm fighting through the dust. I'm going to get to that tassel. And the Bible says she reached out and she touched that tassel. That tassel that spoke of sacrifice and death, royalty. And a benefit that's available through Jesus Christ. You're going to hear me groan now. Oh, 
uncommon faith. I see that picture and, and, and I, I think of the courage that it took this woman to reach out and touch him. And as soon as she touched that tassel, Jesus stopped in a crowd of people. Somebody just touched me. Now here's the common thought of his disciples. Well, of course someone touched you, Jesus. You got 10,000 people here. Of course someone. No, 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 no. Been a lot of people touching me, but someone just touched me with a touch of faith. What was it? It was an uncommon reaching for that tassel, believing God to heal her. Uncommon faith. Church, it's time to get bold. It's time to do something you've never done before. It's time to get on your knees and crawl to grab that tassel and to step out in faith and say, God, I believe one of the benefits you have for me is you can not only save me from my sins, but you can heal me from my diseases. I reach out with uncommon faith, and I ask you today to touch me and make me well. I pray God would raise up men and women in this church that are willing to, to break out of status quo, willing to break out of that. We've never, I've never done that before. And say, God, I want to touch you and believe for you to touch my body and make me well. It's available. Can I get an amen? Number five, quickly. If you want to see a miracle, you got to be willing to walk in humility. I think we're too proud sometimes. We don't want it bad enough. Arrogance, self-sufficiency. I love what D.L. Moody says. Listen to this. A man can counterfeit love, a man can counterfeit faith, a man can counterfeit hope, and all the other graces, but it is very difficult to counterfeit humility. Mm. It was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels, St. Augustine. And Thomas A. Kempis said this, God walks with the humble. He reveals himself to the lowly. He gives understanding to the little ones. He discloses his meaning to the pure. But he hides himself and his grace from the proud. Yeah, it's really true, Thomas A. Kempis. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That woman got on her knees she was humble. And humility, she came to Christ and said, I touched you. It was me. And Jesus looked at her and said, your faith has made you well. Number six. If you want to reach out and touch God in faith, be vocal in your praise and thanksgiving. Be vocal in your praise and thanksgiving. Look at verse 47 and 48. In the presence of all the people, she told them why she had touched him and how she had been completely and instantly healed. Then Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. I love this. There is, if there's ever a secret for unleashing God's powerful presence in our lives, in our situation, it's developing the heart of thanksgiving. This woman started to pray. She started to thank him. She started to worship him. 
She had a heart filled with thanksgiving. God, thank you for touching me. Thank you for making me well. Here's a beautiful robe that I have with me today. Priestly robe. I want you to notice on the corners of this beautiful robe, tassels that speak of the benefits that are available for you today. 